0: Welcome to the Coop Tank. I'm your host, Steve Cooper, coming to you from Sweet Recording in beautiful Mount Laurel, New Jersey. You know, people, if you have a podcast, a video cast, a audio book, hell, even if you need a studio built, sweet recording is the place for you. Joe Gangemi not only knows his stuff, but he's a great guy. He's honest and will help you out. So check out their website, Sweet Recording, S-U-I-T-E-Recording.com, or email them. At hello at sweetrecording.com. Anyway, once again, you know, I'm gonna pat myself on the back. I put I put a great panel together. People that I've met through networking. And it's funny, none of them knew each other. So I always love when that happens because you know, in networking, we we get to know everybody. So you sit there and when you meet some people who don't know each other, it it's great. And uh and they're great and they're great networkers and they're great people. Uh, we have from the business image, we have David Lita. How are you doing, David? Very good, Steve. Uh, from you. CJH Communications, Christine Johnson Hall. How are you, Christine?
1: Doing well. Thanks for having me.
0: And finally, from CTN Solutions, we have Jamie Picozzi. How are you doing, Jamie?
1: Good, Steve. Thanks for having me.
0: You're welcome. So, so, David, tell us about the business image. Tell us about what you do.
2: Primarily, uh, I seem to be a hired gun. I'm a marketing manager. And what happens is uh, a particular um, solo practice will bring me in to kind of look at their marketing, their branding, their publicity, and uh, maybe get it in order, you know? uh, They may already have a web development team or a a writer or whatever it might be, but my job is really just to make sure that everything is functioning on time, getting in front of the right audience, and uh, doing those things in a very creative and interesting, actually in a very unexpected way so that we can get the attention of our audience.
0: How about you, Christine? Tell us about CJH Communications, which she probably won't touch on it. She's a movie producer, too. She produced the movie. But um, tell us about CJ uh, CJH.
1: Thank you, Steve. So I am primarily a storyteller. So I started my career as a journalist. Then I was marketing and social media. And then right in the beginning of COVID, launched CJH Communications to help people tell their stories. And it could just be on LinkedIn. It could be on any social channel. Um, What I find is that people don't really see their skills and values, and so I try to help bring them out. It lets my my journalist background come out to work with them, talk to them, bring their skills to light, and sort of help people and the public see their value. I do the same thing with businesses, um, primarily storytelling on all the social channels, blogs, websites, to help them get seen for their unique value.
0: And Jamie, well, you're, Jamie, you're, you're newer on your new, in your new company, right? So so tell us about, tell us about CTN.
3: So CTN solutions as a whole, we're a compliance based IT provider. Um, We can help you with our galactic scan, get out there and become compliant in any of the federally regulated HIPAA. Um, If you need cybersecurity insurance, you know, the world's kind of, going crazy lately in that space. Uh, myself, I sit within our staff log division. So we do technology staffing, completely custom to our end client. But anything from infrastructure to big, you know, project management organizations, um, we help folks find their next opportunity.
0: Okay, so we're gonna start off with, you know, there's a song, If I Knew Then What I Knew Now, it's a, it's a classic song. And And what is something that you wish you knew 20 years ago in the business world or 15 years ago that you know now, and you think it would have been applicable and actually helped you out a little bit. And we'll start with you, Christine.
1: Okay. That's kind of an easy one, Steve. Um, For me, I never, 20 years ago, I didn't have any concept about the power of your network. Yes. I had friends, you know, I did things, I had activities, teammates. If I had known how valuable my network was, I would have pushed myself to work on that, to stay in touch, to maintain connections, to build trust. Um, That was a huge revelation to me starting my business in COVID, and it was all on Zoom. Um, But I made some great, great relationships. I made some lovely friends. Um, When we finally did see each other in person, it was like we were really good friends already just from the Zoom meeting. So I would say the power of networking, I think, is completely undersold, underappreciated, and it's something any job seeker or business builder could really do well to put first.
0: How about you, David?
2: You know, it's it's on a, even a personal
1: level. Uh, what it
2: is, is basically to ask. I came from a mother who said, it's impolite to ask, Dave, <laughs> you know, when you do that. So as the years went on, especially in business, I said, how can you ask so that people will not feel put on, uh, not uh, those type of things. So part of being asked is I would say to somebody when I have a big ask, I would go, Steve, I got something to ask you. But guess what? You got to be okay with no. You got to be okay telling me no. Because if you can't, I can't ask you this. And then it allows me to move on and allows everybody to move on. And so to ask, even in business, you know, with my clients, I say, it's okay to ask. Did you make enough deposits where you can ask, you know, not the withdrawals, you know, just enough deposits to say, can you help me? Can you make that introduction for me? Do you mind? You know, but if you can, it's okay. You know,
0: It's funny you say that my mother, when I was a kid, always said, always ask because the worst you'll get is a no. So I've always learned that and it is hard sometimes, you know, especially if it's a friend, but how about you, Jamie, what's something that you wish you knew back back when you were starting out
3: I think authenticity I think if I would have learned earlier to show up as who I am all the time things would have been different so I started my career my real career in banking um back in the you know seems like a million years ago now but it was just a different space back then so I think if I would have, you know, a little bit of what Christine said, leaned into my network a little more, but if I would have just shown up more as myself versus what I thought the company wanted me to be, or what I thought, you know, needed to get me through that corporate setting. Um, I think it would have been a whole different game on my, on my path to here.
0: Okay. I'm going to follow up with you, Chris, uh, with you, Jamie, is, you said you started off in banking and now you're in staffing. Or mm-hmm. basically, so, so what made you change your mind? What made you change direction? Like, how did you get to where you are now?
3: Sure. Um, you know, it's a lot of pivoting. It's kind of funny. I, I had some life changes. I got divorced. I got remarried. I moved, had kids. Um, and just I get a little restless, I think, from time to time, unfortunately. Fortunately. And so as I, took all the hr that i did in banking and all of the people management you just kind of start to look at it and you're like oh, no wonder these people don't like managers or you know whatever it just seems so crazy sometimes you know people have lives they're human beings things happen and you know there's folks who take advantage of the system and folks who really are just you know coming up with what they got you know with kids it was always like oh man This one's sick. They can't go to daycare. What am I going to do? I can't bring somebody in. I can't be in the office. Um, So it just kind of progressed through that customer service, the love of business development and building relationships that I was starting to do there. And it just turned into, actually got into talent acquisition through a a business relationship um, through a networking partner of mine who I was trying to do something totally different with. a different job. And he was like, Hey, you know, you're seem sort of unhappy. Are you looking for something else? Why don't you send me your resume? And that's how I got into talent. So it's just kind of snowballed from everything I learned with the HR and the people management into, you know, talent acquisition and, and really being a great partner to companies and helping them find people who want to be there.
0: How about you, David? I want to, I want to hear this because I know you've been doing this for a while.
2: You know, uh, the short story is that when I was a young man, I was an illustrator. I was a paid illustrator and and renderer of uh, drawings. And uh, after I finished art school, I went into. uh publishing, I became, you know, when you're young, you become the rock star. so they made me the art director for several national publications. Of course, that's a great badge to wear, you know, hey, as your young guy. And things went on. I found the girl of my dreams who I'm still married to, and I said to the publisher, I said, I'd really like to make a little more money. Well, sometimes publishers have no respect for artists. And they said, sorry, kid, I can't help you there. So I went and opened up a sign company in the 80s. It allowed me to do my art on vehicles and things like that. But as time went on, it became that my clients needed more. So through the 90s and 2000s, I had to educate myself as a marketing person. And the takeaway on this is that, like Jamie was saying, and I'm sure with Christine, there's a lot in your toolbox. As the years go by, there's a lot that you can pull from, which makes you a very unique human. So that when you get problems, whether it's in a new venture or whether it's something that you're doing, you're pulling from things from your past to say, this is how I'm going to problem solve. So I find that that is basically the recreation of ourselves. Even if it has the same business name, work, I believe we're always recreating ourselves because, like you said earlier, Steve, we're always learning something, you know. So that's my, uh, that's my story.
0: How about you, Christina? Cause you, you taught, you touched a little bit on why you started your own business, but what, wh- how did you start? How, what was your journey? I mean, did you always know you wanted to be a writer? Were you the kid always writing? And, Cause you know, you're that kid always works for a school paper and all like that, but what was your journey to get where, was that you? Cause you're laughing. Was that, was that you?
1: I, Steve, you got me. Um, I was the kid, I was always reading I did love to write, but I was always reading. I was the I was the girl under the covers with a flashlight when it was like 11 o'clock at night. Um, so that was my love of stories is really what started that. It's just like the idea that you can, a book can get you like into a completely different world. Um, I had a high school teacher who pushed me and saw my skills and said, you know, you could be a writer and you should be a writer. Um, And so I majored in English in college. I probably should have gone to journalism school, but I, they had a communications minor. I was a DJ on the radio station. Like I found a lot of different ways. I was editor of the paper. Um, I found a lot of ways to, for outlets and to build skills. And um, that was my entry into journalism. I loved, I'm a lifelong learner. So it's like, I love something new. I love to understand, like you first get thrown at like, obituary writing or weather stories or like, God forbid, like zoning meetings. Um, But I it was like new to me. So what does it mean? You know, what does it mean? How can I how can I explain it so like my mother could understand what was going on? Um, So I was a journalist for a long time. And when we wanted to have kids and my husband's still a journalist, we realized we couldn't both have night jobs. A lot of times it's like a, a night, you know, covering meetings or writing were editing until late. So um, a former editor of mine had gone to the Vanguard group and was like, hey, we need, you know, would you, how would you feel about a day job, copy desk? And I was like, okay, I'm in. So I ended up there for 22 years, copy editing, writing blogs, research papers, but then they started a social media group. And I loved that. That was very close to journalism for me. And it was like the challenge of trying to write a tweet um, and summarize a pretty dry topic in a clever way that made it readable was really fun for me. So so I was there for 22 years. They were going through a huge transformation, and I was eligible to retire. Um, so I was like, let's do it. Let's. I realized I really like to help people see who they are and tell that story. And my two favorite questions that have carried me from Vanguard to my business are, what are you passionate about? And what are you known for? And if any of us and people looking for jobs or graduating college can really answer that and articulate that, it's going to help them a lot in the world of where should they be? You know, like Jamie, like the head hunting piece is like if you know yourself and you know what you're passionate about and can speak to that, it's a huge superpower. And so I love helping people arrive there.
0: Yeah, well, you know, we're gonna stay, we're gonna stay uh with that train of thought. Um we're going to start with you, Christine. We're going to follow up. What are you passionate about?
1: I am passionate about helping people. I'm passionate about learning. Um, I'm passionate about maintaining a really good network and understanding, helping recent college graduates understand the power of that. One of the things we did in COVID, um, when everything was super locked down, that first class of 2020, my our middle daughter was graduating And if you recall, like the jobs just fell right off a cliff, you know, the the graduating classes had no in-person graduation. Like it was a very dire couple months from March to like June, the economy started to to come up. And that was the time that I went headfirst into let's help you guys network because that's going to be the place you've got someone out there. You can articulate what you're passionate about and your best skills. That person's then going to look for you. So how can we help you build your networking muscle? So one of the groups I'm in actually did a boot camp and we'd have one or two or three recent college grads come in and we'd work with them for a month every week, getting them to their elevator pitch, getting that all honed, working on the resume, kind of just getting them shaped up to, to, you know, to David's point, like your ask, what's your ask? What are you looking for? Um, And it was really, it was, first of all, very gratifying but also rewarding to see these people come in quite quietly sort of like what are we doing in a group of 25 or 30 every week strangers and sort of finish the month with some real muscles in terms of how they could speak to themselves we're making introductions now how they could make an intro and um so i'm very passionate about helping people sort of like get on the conveyor belt of finding the right opportunity seeing themselves and like landing that job. How about you,
0: David? What are you, what are you passionate about?
2: Well, first of all, let me tell you, Christine, I love what you do. I'll tell you why is because I love stories. I love to hear people's stories. Many times I'll meet somebody new, whether it's business or personal, and I have a little fun with them. And I'll say, Tim, tell me your story in five minutes. And they go, what? I say, no, really. What do you want me to tell? I said, whatever comes to mind. And there's always something very interesting, you know, with the story. So I'm so glad you're doing this because it's such an important part of what has to happen with people And And what I like is that you have to be really thoughtful. You have to spend time thinking about those questions you asked just to spit it out is, you know, is not fair to yourself and the things that you can learn about yourself. But for me, uh, my passion is actually other people's stories. Now I don't write the stories, Christine. You're the expert in that area. But I love to hear the stories. I'm, I'm I love movies, things like that. As on that's on a personal level. On on a business level, um, I love to go ahead and um, get my clients in front of audiences. And like I said earlier, in an unexpected, memorable, and shareable way, so that it's it's different, it's a little off, not unprofessional. But sometimes it's a little off but other times it can be very like what is who is this what why am i interested in this person so that's where my creativity and passion is is to say listen what can we do that's a little unexpected to get in front so i really steve to answer your question that's what i love to do you know plus i wanted a job where i could sit and talk to people (laughs) so i said this is good i said earlier i used to be in the scientist i used to be out all day long lettering boats and things like that i said no I want to sit and have a conversation. So anyway, that's my passion. Thank you, Steve.
0: How about you, Jamie? What's your, what's your passion? I love their last name, Pacozi. I, I, that's like one of my favorite <laughs> names. I, something about, it's just got such a good ring to it, Pacozi. It sounds like a guy I grew up with, but what's your passion?
3: <laughs> um, so I, I really am passionate about the, just kind of destroying the talent space and bringing it all back together again. So you know, if you picture the way we do human capital today, talent acquisition, any of the names you want to pick, recruiting, sales, blah, blah, Um, it's all Wizard of Oz to me. Like there's, you know, these big giant corporations behind this curtain and they're wheeling and dealing and they're changing resumes and they're moving things around and they're trying to just put, you know, butts in seats. And I really... I hate it. I hate everything about it. <laughs> um people are human beings, you know, so for me I'm passionate about changing the narrative there. So if I had my own way, I would take the whole space down, take it offline for a month, get some really smart people around me and bring it all back together again. Um I just know there's a better way to to do it. You know, I build relationships with candidates the same way I do with clients. So People always get confused. I'm like, well, look at how we interact when we're trying to make a sale or we're trying to start a new client. You're whining and dining. You're following up. You're, you know, asking the right questions, talking about their pain points. And nobody ever thinks to do that with candidates. So for me, you know, one of my biggest interview questions is what don't you ever want to do again? And everybody kind of sits and they're like, mm, I love everything. And I'm like, you're lying. <laughs> <laughs> you tell me what you don't want to do anymore. Then I can get you in a role where you don't have to do that anymore. Cause they're out there. Um, you know, there's always tasks that everybody doesn't love that you have to do, but that's my, my, you know, business passion. Personally, I love electronic dance music. Uh, my husband and I are ravers. I've started a networking group called raves and referrals, where we bring executives and business owners and entrepreneurs out to the EDM scene to, you know, get some R and R for raves and referrals. And it, it's awesome. And anybody who talks to me about it, that's, you know, back to the authenticity thing, that's the piece people are like, dude, your face lights up. And I'm like, I know,
0: well now, now, I, I know yeah. I know where to get glow sticks now. So if I need glow yes. sticks, I'll say, I'll say, get me a good deal on glow sticks. <laughs> yes, I have earplugs, glow sticks. We're ready to go. So you mentioned authenticity, but we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about, well, you, that's something you like, but let's talk about a characteristic that you have that you want people to know that you have. Like me, I, I think I have a lot of integrity. I think it's all I was brought up and I, I want people to know I have integrity. As I always say, it's so important to me. I would rather... Drink beers with a dishwasher than a CEO who's an asshole who has no integrity. It's just the way I am. And so a character, what is a characteristic? We'll start with you, Christine. What's a characteristic that you have that you want people to know you have? Because sometimes, like for me, when I started coming, when I came back to, from LA and I started networking, I didn't tell anyone I used to be a comedian because I went out for you know, I was going to do business for my friend until everyone saw me perform. So I never told anyone I was funny, but it was a characteristic I had, but I didn't, because for me, it wasn't right. But I want people to know I have integrity. What's something that you want people to know that you have, Christine?
1: I would say, Steve, my accountability, my external accountability is set really, really high. And um, it's the kind of thing that if I say, so I'm going to do something I'm going to do it but also I want you know my friends my clients especially to understand if we're working out a plan to write something together or you know explore something I'm showing up I'm going to be there I'm 150% in you know I have side note something called like really high ideation meaning like my flow of ideas like is high um we start talking and I'm like I'm already thinking about The raves and referrals, like what a genius idea, Jamie. Seriously, that is awesome. Also, I like the alliteration of the R's. Um, But so (laughs) I would say, um, so my accountability is quite high, but my flow of ideas also kind of feeds into it. So if we're starting to work together and you're telling me things and we're back and forth, you know, I'm all the way in. So I think that it sort of should go without saying, but for me, it's like, I'm there, I'm showing up. Um, I'm going to get it done. I want you to be happy about it as my client. I want you to feel that you were seen and that we got it done the way that you needed and that you are on your way to your next step.
0: Yeah, how about you, Jamie? What, what's something, a characteristic? You can't say all <laughs> No, I'm not going to say authenticity, already. but you can't say that.
3: <laughs> I, you know, I was kind of going to steal yours. Um, so I'll, I'll put it in a different manner integrity is huge to me. It was one of the biggest things that my stepfather taught me before he passed. But for me, I I take it a step further into honesty. If we're having a conversation, you're either going to like me or you're not. And what I'm going to tell you as a candidate, as a client, as a business partner, it it's very similar, you know, deserve to hear what nobody's telling you. So if you're a candidate and you're struggling and you're coming at me with, Hey, I'm you know, it's ages and this, it's this, that, and the other, we're going to talk through your skill set for real and have a conversation about where you fit into the market, where you can, you know, I I talk about servant leadership a lot to my, my folks, you know, maybe it's just time to for a hot minute and, you know, sit and observe what's going on around you and then add your two cents. And it's not everybody's cup of tea, but it, it's so important to me so when you talk to me as, you know, a friend, as a candidate, you, you might get a little bit more than you bargained for, but it's always going to be the truth.
0: How about you, David? You know, the,
2: I kind of fill the cracks. I'm going to go to the business end of it. I fill the cracks. I patch them up and, and do those things. And an attorney had called me in and uh, she had a variety of uh, people on her team and she was trying to find a way how everybody could market that, you know, the team, you know? And so I went in and I evaluated and I talked to all the personnel there and I found that different people have different strengths. There was a woman there who loved to be on the phone. I said, get her on the phone. She knows she's good on the phone where the others, you know, some of the attorneys just were not good on the phone and some of the uh, the assistants weren't either, but others could write. They were really good writers. So having all those different types of talents um, I am a puzzle fixer. I'm a puzzle person. I put the puzzle together and say, listen, we have some people that have strengths and they're motivated to do it because, oh, I got to make another call. No, no, you're not the one to do that. You know, Give it to the one that loves to make calls and has a great demeanor and it presents themselves so well. You know, Let's do that. And so with that, the team felt a little more comfortable. It's hard for them to get their head around it. So I spent hours with them and we got it so that this particular individual or this individual, they were doing things in their every day, help market this law firm and at the same time were able to do their jobs, but they were motivated. Oh, I, I like to do this, you know, uh, Terry, we need you to write a letter and it needs to be this, this, that she's a writer. She's just a natural writer. So she would write the letter, you know, that type of thing. So um, I guess I put the puzzle together and look at all those different things so that we can get them out and get noticed.
0: So we all, we all met through networking. And I think all that we all met through Zoom. And I think the only person I met in person is Jamie. And it's funny because, you know, I knew some people before from events, but we ran in different circles. And it's amazing how you just meet people. And that was the one thing about COVID that, actually helped was the Zoom networking. We all got good. Of course, I always laugh that, you know, there's still some people, it's been three years, can't work the damn mute button. I never get that. They're still always screwing that up. But what makes you a good networker? Because, you know, there's different, there's all different kinds of, there's, there's really crappy networkers. You know, people think they're great networkers and they suck. They're putting the card in the face. They're just full of shit. They're just telling you all about them, blah, 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 blah. What makes you a good networker? Christine, what makes you a good networker?
1: Um, I would say I'm a good listener, and my mind, because of the way my mind is, I'm constantly making those connections inside. So, as someone's talking, I might be writing down a name of someone I think might be a good intro. Um, I just have that inclination to help. And if I can, and I have my mind spinning on who I could introduce them to, that's where I go. So I think it's the listening, probably more than anything. How about you, David?
2: You know, with networking, I'm very strategic about it because a lot of our time can be not wasted, but not put towards business that we want to do. So when I go to a networking event, uh, I really primarily go for uh, one reason, and that is to find referral partners. Um, it's not to get the business, there's just not enough time in networking to do it. Uh, I like the social end, uh, like all of us, we do. Uh, but when I come in, I try to bring a gift. Uh, some sort of gift, whether, like Christine said, an introduction for somebody. I don't like to show up without going to somebody that I know there and saying, listen, I got a referral for you or a lead or an actual f- physical gift. You know, that, that you know, hey, I was thinking about, yeah, here's, you know, a $10 Starbucks card. You know, I just really, did? yeah, yeah, you know. I, I think that that's important. And, and, you know, it's funny because I didn't learn that through business. I learned that through my wife what happened was when we were married and i was young i didn't know when you entered someone's home you really should be bringing a gift you should be bringing something you know so through the years i was like that that's really important you know it's important to have something something of value to present to one person or two when you go there you know but uh, as far as networking um, um that's my my mission is to find referral partners or connect other referral partners with each other. I find that very intriguing and interesting to do.
0: How about you, Jamie, what makes you a, a good networker?
3: I think I just try and make other people comfortable. Some of the groups that I'm involved in are large. There's 250, 300 people in a room, and it's overwhelming for folks who don't understand the space or are new to the game. So it's a lot of listening, a lot of you know chitter-chattering, but I think that you know, again, kind of coming as me and some of the folks. It's like, hey, I haven't seen you in a couple of months, and we're friends. How are you? And then some of the folks, it's listening to their story, their ask, who they want to meet, getting them connected in the space, but really just opening up conversations for folks so that they can feel like they can be a part that they haven't just stepped into a room or like, oh my goodness, what am I doing here?
0: Here we're gonna we're gonna go completely. 180, 360. I don't even know the correct yeah. term. What do you hate about networking? Like me, you know, I hate clicks. I, I laugh at clicks. Uh, I, I told the story before. I was at at a, an event and someone said, Oh, come sit with us. We're at the cool table. I'm like, what are you, Fonzie? Like, what <laughs> in the cool table? What is are you gonna be prom king? What what's going on? I hate clicks, and everything worse than clicks is clicks that give themselves. A nickname. I I have a big problem with people like for me, I'm called Coop because my last name's Cooper. It makes sense. But I hate I hate clicks. I think it's they're not getting any, they're not doing anything well for themselves because they're just talking amongst each other. So they're not meeting new people. What is something? And be honest, that's the idea of this. Is what is something that you hate about networking and i'm going to start with christine because she's so passive and looks so nice and i know there's something that just pisses her off about networking so christine uh what what do you hate
1: about networking small talk and this is going to sound totally counterintuitive but here it is i would love it if i came to was introduced to you and you said hey it was my anniversary last night or um my kid is in the playoffs for basketball like I'd rather just, I'd love someone to share personal detail and not talk about the weather or, Hey, I went to, I went to see Bruce Springsteen, um, two nights ago. Like I want to connect from the get-go. And sometimes I know you do have to go through that small talk, but I really want to get down to like the authentic piece of like what you care about, what's important to you and have that exchange because the small talk, I feel like it just gets boring and, you know, I'd just rather like meet the person where they are, whatever they had. The kids just started school this week or their their last kids off to college. Like, give me something personal from you. And I'm very happy with that.
0: Well, Springsteen's a sore subject because I was supposed to see him in Philly, and it was canceled. And then I found out on Sunday at, at MetLife he actually did play Jersey Girl and Jungle Land. So I was really pissed off about that. But that's not at networking. Uh, I'm David,
1: sorry. my I, husband was supposed to go too. So yeah, oh,
0: it, was, it was so it was so awful. My wife has never seen him. I was so excited. And My friend texted me. I was like, "Shut up!" He didn't cancel. And he's like, and I looked and said, "Oh my god, he did." David, what do you hate about networking?
2: So I'm like you, the the little clicks that happen, little people that, that there's no opening for networking, uh, uh, I'm, I see myself as an open person. I will talk to everybody and anybody because we don't know where that leads. And with the right questions, we can get to where we need to be. Um, so one of the things that I don't like is that when I see somebody has been shunned, you know, it's that person in the back, something that Jamie, like you were talking about. Um, So I'll make a beeline to that person. Because, you know, to me, I told you, I like stories, I think that they could be the most interesting people. And sometimes they can be very, you know, being selfish, I can say they can be very helpful for my career, or I could be very helpful to them. And they're so open. So when you have those clicks, now, one of the things that I do after I belong to a networking event, and they have these little clicks, you know, I I may push the envelope a little, Steve, I, I will go up to a group of men and women who are chatting and and they'll look at me like and I'll say do you need my opinion for anything <laughs> <laughs> it just puts them off I said you know because I have one you know love it so, so some people will laugh some people will be uh oh, you know it's okay it's okay you know but I think the purpose of networking is obviously to to network. To really get out there and 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 assist other people, you know, uh, in getting
0: them where they need to be. So, How about you, Jamie? What do you what do you hate about networking? And you you can be honest, you know. When you, <laughs> uh, you know, you won't offend anybody who watches unless it's someone you <laughs> hate and you mention them by name. But no, what what wow. do you hate about networking?
3: <laughs> Condescension. I uh, cannot mm-hmm. stand it. I. I come over and somebody introduces me to you or we're waiting in the bar line or whatever the case may be and you give me that oh hi like i deign to exist in your presence (laughs) man i i can't like it's almost a challenge which can be really good and can be really bad depending on the networking event but you know i just you don't know who people are you don't know who those people know to boot like I could be the best connection you've ever made in your life for mm-hmm. your business. And because you see that I'm in staff org, or because you take a look at me and you're like, Oh, it's just another dumb blonde chick, whatever the case may be. That, that is the piece that just man, it gets under my skin. <laughs> that is, that
0: is funny. I, I had someone, uh, go- Sort of dismissed me once, and then they found out the people I interview and all this stuff, and now they kiss my ass. And I'm like, well, see, (laughs) it's like, um, but I was, I never, I never held that against them. I just laughed at them because I said they don't know who I know, and it's just, it's funny because I would never be like that to someone. So we're going to talk. We're going to keep. Okay. See, all I was going to say it's it's sometimes
2: it's like high school all over again. Oh yeah. So Jamie, I get what you're saying.
0: So we're gonna keep on the uh, things that piss us off because I always love this and and I always talk about LinkedIn. Now LinkedIn is such a a great tool for us, okay. When you use it correctly. Now I've talked in the past about you know the overlikers. I hate that. You know when people sit there and they like everything and you go well, support is one thing, but you like everything. You look funny. I've talked about you know different terms. You know with the self proclaimed experts. But today I'm gonna to, I'm gonna ask what you all don't like about LinkedIn. One thing that pisses you off somewhat i don't like when people sit there and when they do a post and it's or they respond to something and it's just so eloquent like they use all these big words and it's such bullshit and they always ended up with my one of our business partners or referral partners and that's fine but i know a lot of these people these referral partners aren't giving them referrals. So basically, they're just people they know. That pisses me off because I think it's a phoniness. I, the phoniness sometimes pisses me off. What, David, what irritates you about LinkedIn? Because you all are good posters and you don't sit there and go overboard. I mean, I don't sit there and see your name. I don't see any of you ever liking my posts. Now I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> David, what is something that irritates you about uh, LinkedIn? You
2: know, I may be contradicting myself in this, but what I don't like is, is blatant, sales when they're just putting right there you know and i can't think of an example now but when i see it it just turns me off do you know what i mean um that that's probably the biggest thing that uh you know give me information educate me let me go ahead and read your post uh and and make me interested in you you know that that type of thing but don't just just pound it like you know This is what's going on, you know, Uh, and sometimes, sometimes people uh, in the technology business will go over our heads, you know, what I mean, especially mine, it's like, geez, you got to make it simple here, you know, even Einstein said that, you know, so when they do those type of things, I'm I'm a little put off about that. Um, It's just they're just pounding away, instead of, you know, helping the community. Saying, "Listen, I have some interesting information, or there's an event that is happening. I want to invite everybody, or whatever it might be, or here's something you may not know about, blah blah blah. You know, that's that's interesting to me.
0: how, How about you, Jamie? What 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 pisses you off?" I love using that term pisses off. I, don't, I never use it enough. I think I'm going to bring that back. I'm bringing that back. And I think I'm going to bring males wearing overalls back sort of like the Dexie midnight runners. I think so I'm going to wear overalls and tell everyone they piss me off. But Jamie, what, what pisses you off about LinkedIn?
3: I think it's clicky still. I I really do. It's hard sometimes, you know, you want, it's kind of like a mix of what everybody says. Like you want to post you want to be relevant, you want to talk about stuff, but you get people who just get it in their head. They're like, oh my gosh, here she goes again. She's just trying to, you know, get her name out there or whatever. Like that's kind of what it's for. Um, And I really, I can't stand people that get in and really just like, bring up that topic that nobody, like whatever the post may be just as that antagonist and not for the, not because there's a valid point there, but just to be the antagonist, like that's, it's really hard for me, you know, especially because there's people that, you know, you know, that start doing this stuff and you're like, man, are you trying to find a job? Are you trying to do this? You know? And so you look at it and you just want to scream and be like, stop it for five seconds. But, you know, it's just a tough place to navigate. It kind of is like business high school, right? So it's like the next, it's like college for high school kids who are trying to make a name for themselves, who are trying to be top of mind, who are trying to go through the motions of what they do. But the space can be phenomenal for making new connections, especially long distance ones, if it's used right. So it's, It's really the whole, it's not the whole thing that pisses me off, but there's just, you know, a way to do it that makes sense, I think. And folks that just get in there and like pick at other people for the hell of it, that one gets me.
0: How about you, Christine?
1: I agree with Jamie and David. Um, And by the way, Steve, have you seen really quick the Phillies pinstriped overalls? Because I think you would look splendid in them. (laughs) I saw Ranger
0: Ranger Suarez wearing them the other day. I I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, they look like train conductors.
1: Yeah. Um, (laughs) I think what pisses me off on LinkedIn, and I love LinkedIn, but when people get political, I check out. And there is a place for politics at your cocktail parties or, you know, it's not the place for that because if you're looking to build up your profile and your personal brand and you're looking to attract clients and prospects, That's not the place to jump in to talk about immigration or what it's just not so I get angry because I feel that people don't realize that and they sort of it's it's um, they just sort of vent without reflecting on the fact that that could really, really alienate a client base Um, and not everybody wants to know what people's politics are. We're there to be professionals build our business, so that one is a big one for me don't talk politics there save it for another place.
0: Now, here's a question that I started asking a few weeks ago, and I I just enjoy the answers because I do not read business books. Okay. I don't, they don't interest me. I know they're valuable. I could give a shit. Okay. I just, I'd rather, I mean, if I'm going to read, I'll read something, an article on a magazine or a doc, a, you know, a biography about someone, that stuff very interests me, but business, I'm just, I'm I'm stubborn. I don't want to hear anyone else's advice, but I'll take it if it's good. But what is a book that you've read lately or in the past a book that actually made a difference? I mean, put it it put a mark on you. You said, Oh, wow, this is really valuable to me. And we'll start with you since you're the writer, Christine. What is a book that you've read that either recently you really loved or in the past made made an imprint on you?
1: When I was in the corporate world, we read The Five Dysfunctions of a Team by Patrick Lencioni, and it was very well written and story-like, but it it gave you a lot of good takeaways around how to work with a project team, how to work with, you know, across business lines. And while that sounds really dry, it actually like gave you five ways to identify it. And um, in the world I was in at the time, I was like, check, 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 you know, um, The things that you feel you go home and worry about, when you actually see them sort of quantified, it's helpful because it gives you the language to try and creatively problem solve and say, you know, I'm seeing this here. How can we get out of it? How can we bring everybody together? Where one side's over here, one side's over here. So I felt like that was incredibly helpful and it helps me now even when I meet clients, if things are, if we're meshing, fantastic, but it's helping me sort of see those red flags quickly and be like, you know, maybe this isn't the best partner for me, or maybe there's a better partner for you. Let me see what we can do.
0: How about you, David? What's a book that you've uh, read?
2: So I'm I'm not going to give you a book because, you know, we have this chat GPT now, AI, and everything that's going on so i want to be on top of that all the way so i go online to get my you know information and uh discerning you know making sure that it's it's the right information um so um there's not a book i couldn't recommend but what i recommend is is people researching Uh, for their businesses as much as possible and do things make sense so recently there were some uh, my 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 children are all professional illustrators and uh, there there was an issue there's an issue with you know with the uh, AI you know uh, mid-journey they feel that they're going to lose their jobs or things like that and one of the things that uh, I've always learned is to learn to adapt Things are going to change. They're always going to change. Can we adapt? Can can creatives be secure, whether they're writing or in this world that has AI now? To answer your question, Steve, what I'm saying is that um, I learned how to cook a reverse sear steak by TikTok in 30 seconds. So that's that's where I'm getting my information, if your real question is that, you know, saying, listen, what are the experts saying? What are they sharing that I can learn from?
0: That's a good, and you know what's amazing is I actually learned how to uh, the right way to core a mango from YouTube because I always it was always it always pissed me off. I always get like this, I could never cut them right, and then it showed me how to do it. and I went, oh my god, this is great! But then yeah. when we got married, we got a mango corer for a wedding core, yes. thing. So anyway, how about you, Jamie? What's a book that you've uh, you've read that made a difference, or yeah, you've read lately that's very important to you?
3: so actually the dune book series it's kind of funny like go-giver was my business one and everybody loves that book great book but i had a, a colleague of mine recommend dune and i gotta tell you man i am hooked they did such justice with the movie that came out recently um but it talks about you know kind of that forethought for things, the way you interact with everything around you and the ripple effects that it creates. And it has a a litany against fear that I tell you, I recite almost daily. And it is literally just as you try to move forward, you know, I, I want bigger and better things for myself, for my family, for my kids. Um, and I, every step I take towards moving in that direction, as I launched raising and Referrals, as I talk about showing up authentically, it's terrifying, literally. So, you know, that book series just kind of blew my mind. And I'm not all the way through it yet. I think I'm on book like five of six or something like that. But um, I just absolutely love it.
0: That's good. I think I learned some stuff today. Anyway, uh, one final question, and you've you've hit on it through the show. But someone comes up to you if they're just got to, you know they're just getting into the working world, okay? It could be they got out of trade school. They could be you know just getting out of college, but they're getting their start. And as I always used to turn, my mom would say, uh, "Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed." You know that I was I don't even know, I think that's about a rabbit. I don't even know what it means. I mean I don't know anybody who has a tail. But what is some what's some advice that you would give that if someone pulled you over, if you were doing a one-on-one with someone and they said, listen, man, I'm I'm I I want to I want to do well. I I, I want to, you know, I want to make a mark. What is advice that you would give someone if they came up to you? And we'll start with you, David. I think mentorship.
2: I think the fact that you would learn from others who have already been through it, and maybe you can cut through the chase on many areas uh, because of that. Um, What I have found is that, uh, when I'll go back to when I was a young man and I was an art director, uh, the woman that was in charge, you know, she was from an old, she was at least 10 years older than me, but she taught me things that college did not teach. Art school did not teach. And so to have somebody who's been boots on the ground in the marketing field or in any business field where you can talk to and say, listen, let's have a cup of coffee. Let's have lunch. Tell me the challenges you have. Tell me about the victories that you have had so I can learn. I don't have to put my hand in fire to know that it burns. I can understand that if you tell me that. You know, so I think that we can learn that way. So mentorship is, I think, very, very important.
0: How about you, Jamie?
3: I think the connections that you make, get out and do some interpersonal connections. You know, talk to people about your goals and aspirations. The biggest struggle I face in staff log right now is folks coming entry level, junior level, because you need a job to get experience and you need experience to get a job. Um, And what I tell folks is when you're out, you know, at your local bar, for example, if you're out to dinner, if just bump into people, say hi, shake hands, business is going back to getting done that way. And I personally love it um, because of the way I am. But I would tell folks, you know, again, find a mentor, but really just kind of put yourself out there. Say, hey, this is what I'm looking for. You know, do you need any help with anything? Um, you know, do you know of anybody who's looking for somebody like me? And that ability to be able to communicate with other folks is so important for everything you do daily.
0: And how about you, Christine?
1: I would say um, two things. One is um, do all those self-assessments. If you can do the skills assessment with a Myers Briggs like really sort of like give yourself time to know yourself what you like you're extroverted introverted like give yourself sort of that framework and the second thing is if you can and you're just leaving college or a senior in college build a LinkedIn profile because until you sit down and kind of work through all of the pieces and the skills the skills are highly valuable they're the SEO um your about statement is like your summary on a resume like it's your narrative so When people finally sit down and be like, oh, yeah, you know what? I did this internship, and as part of that, I did data research. Like, well, did you love it? Like, that's a skill. That's your skill. So, like, do the things you need to do, including that LinkedIn profile, so that you can begin to articulate who you are to somebody, because unless you kind of do that inner work, you don't have your little elevator pitch to say what you're passionate about, to say what you're looking for or make your ask. So I think the practice of doing those exercises builds that confidence to speak about yourself.
0: Well, this was awesome. It's so funny that you guys didn't know each other because you really you really fed off each other. And I always liked that. And now how can people get in touch with you, find you? Uh, if, if you're on LinkedIn, just you know, go on Jamie's page and be antagonistic. I know. How can people get in touch with you? David, how can people get in touch with you?
2: Uh, they can just look on LinkedIn and I should be there. David, David Lita, L-E-T-A.
0: L-E-T-A. Uh Christine.
1: On LinkedIn, Christine Johnson Hall or my website is
3: CJHcommunications.com.
0: And how about you, Jamie?
3: Uh, LinkedIn, Jamie Picosi, Instagram, I'm JM Picosi. Um, or email is best. It's J at Ctn Solutions.com.
0: Okay, so people go go. Look them up. They're important people to know. And also, if you want to get across to important people, advertise on the Coop Tank podcast. You know, I get I get shakers and movers in the business world. The people that watch this show are business people. So if you want to get your word out, contact me. You can email me at thecooptank at yahoo.com. Uh, also, I want to thank Joe Ganjemi from Sweet Recording. Joe's the best producer around. You know, he's got so many services he offers. So reach out to him. Email him. Hello at sweetrecording.com. And he will... Maybe come down and give you a studio tour. That would be nice. So anyway, people, once again, thank you for watching, listening. Go watch all past episodes. Go on the YouTube, uh, The Coop Tank. Like us, share us, comment on the shows. And I will talk to you all next week.